0: pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with quince go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365 day returns hello and
1: welcome to the call 10 stock picked by you two experts one hour it is tuesday the 20th of December. And it is our second edition of the Big Cap Aussie Special. I'm Andrew Gagan. Good to have you with us and our guests today for that special. Henry Jennings from Marcus today and Adam Dawes from and Partners. Welcome. You got uh, some big stock pickers for uh, our big caps. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, Adam, I was just speaking to you and you were looking at the headlines and thinking, Oh my God. Oh my no. God. Uh, your clients you know are saying some of them are getting pretty nervous at the moment with some of those headlines we're seeing um when you look at that macro backdrop the prospect of
2: earnings coming off early next year yeah it, it can look scary can't it it, uh, it does and and certainly clients when they've always got a little bit more time on their hands they might be sort of settling down and not going to work nine to five and potentially reading the the newspapers and you're seeing, you know Warnings that, you know, earnings could fall by another 15% in Wall Street and those kinds of things. It is a bit more of a counselling job that we have. It is a bit more of a, of, okay, what do you want to do? Um, you know, let's let's take some profits or potentially we're going to hold on for the ride. So it, it, it's been tough and, and it's, it's harder as we get closer and closer to Christmas because the unknown, I think, is, you know, we've had our Santa rally. I think I can say that now. We've had that Santa rally. The markets are just dwindling a little bit here and people always like to look at that green number versus the number that comes in red afterwards so yeah it's tough and we're just having to work our way through that so yeah henry hold your nerve
0: i'm just wondering why adam looks so relaxed today he's um it's on the he's outside very relaxed <laughs>
1: Are just telling me? That, I'll, put it, I'll do my butt now. Well, does that sound but he, a bit
2: better? He, Henry, he was
1: just telling me how, how badly he's in need of a holiday. At the yes,
2: absolutely.
0: Well, I, I think we all are. And I think Adam is uh, absolutely spot on in terms of we've had the Santa rally. It reminds me of Alan Rickman in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Cool Off Christmas, uh, when he gets into a bit of a tantrum. About Robin Hood it's it's not been an easy and it's not gonna be an easy time I don't think for the market there is still an awful lot of uh, confusion about what is gonna happen in 2023 whether we will get the soft landing how earnings are gonna shape up and of course we are seeing one or two confessions coming through in the last few days and we'll talk about that in a minute no doubt but certainly it is not gonna be an easy time and I think the market mid-January is gonna start to look a little bit vet well Actually, quite nervous. Let's face it. Uh, February is earnings season, and I think mid-January, when people come back to work, a little bit grumpy, a little bit, uh, a little bit disappointed to be back at work after a bit of a break, they will start to focus on February and that earnings season. And I think we will see more nerves and more downside. It could well be a tale of two halves, 2023. We could see uh, early weakness as we head towards Easter and then maybe things will pick up towards the back end of the year as the Fed and other central banks start to pause uh, in in a more dramatic fashion.
1: All right. Yep. Yeah, lots. Uh, we, if you thought the uh, the volatility of, uh, of this year is a thing of the past, yes, maybe you'll be disappointed as we get into 2023. All right. Our first five stocks that we're taking a look on the big cap special today, the CBA, the biggest uh, retail bank, Macquarie Bank, the big investment bank, Brambles, Dexas and West Farmers, Our stock, or should I say stocks of the day, because they are related uh, domain, has downgraded its guidance with housing market conditions deteriorating further since its AGM in November, reflecting the challenging market conditions and it's now expecting first half earnings to come in around $48 million, though it's expecting an improvement in the second half, given the uh, second half upside it's forecasting only single-digit deterioration. Uh, Domain saying December month-to-date listings are down more than 50% in Sydney, 37% in Melbourne. And off the back of that, Nine Entertainment's first half earnings before specific items is expected to be around $370 million. Uh, However, it has reaffirmed its operating guidance. It's saying its shares of gains in cost discipline at offsetting a softening and challenging market. Now, of course, Nine has a 60% shareholding in domain. They're both off significantly today. And uh, Adam, mm. can we say perhaps these are two companies that are canaries in the coal mine? Um, you know, it's all about advertising here. Absolutely. Is this a
2: reflection of perhaps where the economy is going at the moment? First thing to get cut on any corporate budget will be outdoor advertising for one, but then two will be that advertising or advertising spend. And you're absolutely right. That canary in the coal mine is that if they don't think that conditions are going to be as good as what they were last year or even going to get to get a little bit tougher, I think you will definitely see um, the advertising revenue slowing down. And something with a, like a domain, look, Av- it's all about ad spend. It's all about how much you can. Uh, the real estate agents are putting it onto the, the website and those kinds of things. So I think there's, they're going to really struggle, especially with those revenue or those cost out. Potentially, it's, a it's a, as Henry said, a, a tale of two halves. Maybe the second half of next year, we might start to see a bit of an improvement. But a lot of water's got to go under the bridge before that. So uh, for me, Channel 9 is a sell and domain... I I don't know, Um, I've never liked any of the, (laughs) (laughs) I don't like any of the uh, advertising stocks at all. So, or or media stocks, so... um, Why is that? Well, one, it's it's, their revenue is really only one single stream of revenue coming in, Um, and Netflix has got an ad supported um, uh, offering now, Mm. so a lot of advertising dollars going to flow to that. And generally, it's just not a space that's really excited me a lot. Um, so, I'm going to say a sell on domain as well. I, I think REA is better, better business. REA is getting hit today as well yep. on the back of this downgrade and quite substantially. But the way to play REA is to buy News Corp because News Corp owns 60% of REA. Yeah, Same sort of story. Same sort of story. Yep. And I think News Corp <clears throat> in the US has got a lot of levers that they can pull with the Dow Jones, News all of those kinds of things. So, I think that's a better buy if you want to get access to that sector. All right, Henry, do you agree?
0: Uh, Andrew, the only thing I'm surprised about is the market was surprised about this, yeah. to be honest. cool. <laughs> <Good> call. <laughs> yeah, let's face it, property has been on the nose for the last two or three months, big time. You can't keep raising interest rates at the pace that the RBA has been doing and other central banks and be talking about housing crashes and all this sort of stuff And then be surprised when Domain comes along and says, you know what, our listings are down. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, if you're an analyst and you're doing Domain and you haven't spotted the trend, you are an idiot. And you should not be given a Christmas bonus at all. It is Mr. Captain Obvious, this one. And, uh, you know, what's, I think, interesting is this is a downgrade for Domain, not a downgrade for Nine. It is a downgrade for nine by virtue of the fact they own 60% of domain. But, you know, you've got to have been blind Freddy to be walking around your suburbs at the moment and realize that listings are down. People are staying put because if you refinance or you buy a new house, unless you're mega rich, which people are still doing that, um, then you're going to cop a massive, massive hit in terms of your mortgage repayment. So what do you do? You stay put, you don't sell your house and if you have to sell your house, which is the worst case scenario and something Australians avoid at all costs, then you're certainly not going to be doing the premium listings and being uh, up there. You're going to be um, trying to cut costs where you can. So I, I can't believe this has really surprised the market. Sometimes the market, you know what, sometimes the market is really, really dumb and it just waits to be smacked on the head with the with the bleeding obvious (laughs) and this is the bleeding obvious i wouldn't be going anywhere near domain and i wouldn't be going anywhere near rea while the while the rba is raising rates and we've got this massive cliff next year in terms of interest rate payments and the big big jump a lot of people are experiencing why would you buy stocks that are geared to housing really
1: all right Well, there's The Herd, and there's Henry. (laughs) Henry. Do you think he likes the story? I think he liked it.
0: I think he liked it. Uh, (laughs) It's it's, it's a super buy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a super sell. All right. Okay, so that's
1: our two stocks that we're looking at for our stocks of the day. Let's uh, get into the ones, uh, the big ones, as picked by you. The first one is Commonwealth Bank and Iris wanted to know about this one. It is the biggest of the retail banks. Uh, Now, of course, at the moment, it's all about those net interest margins, particularly as those rates rise and whether the banks, well, they're they're lifting the the rates as far as the borrower is concerned, but not maybe as much as as far as the uh, depositors are concerned. So, um, dividend has obviously been rewarding. Henry, uh, when you look at the big banks, CBA, not the best value of them,
0: no, but it never has been, but it's still a streets ahead of the other ones. NABs is a close second, uh, and then you're really vying for a third and fourth between ANZ and Westpac. It's a bit like a World Cup uh, third, and pl- third and fourth place runoff. It means nothing to anybody, really. Um, CBA is the premier bank, and it, at the moment we're kind of in this Goldilocks scenario, which I'm not sure is going to last forever, and I think the bank chiefs have been telling us this, but it's not going to last forever where the net interest margin is doing okay, to say the least. Mortgage rates are going up, deposit rates are being a bit more sticky, and the banks are benefiting from that net interest margin. But of course, at some stage, when we do get this slowdown, and we just talked about that with Domain and REA Group, of course, then that is gonna affect CBA, which is basically a building society on steroids these days. So this is gonna be, slowing environment for them. People are not going to be refinancing. It's going to get competitive out there. Costs are still rising. Staff are still grumbling about uh, wage pressures, etc. So I think this one is a hold. It's got the yield, obviously. It's the premier bank. And I don't think the economy is going to fall into the hole that some predict. But it certainly is going to slow next year to the point that it may make a glacier look quite quick. So we will... I think this one is a hold for me, as probably all the banks are in this environment. Okay, Adam.
2: Yeah, I agree with Henry. I think Commonwealth Bank being the the best bank, uh, and and rightly so, it does command a margin for it. But it would be a hold for me as well. I don't see that you're going to get too much. If you're a trader, selling it at 105, 108, buying it back at 90, 92s is is not a bad call. Uh, but yeah, I, I think overall most people will hold Commonwealth Bank as part of a overall core portfolio, and it's really difficult to get people to sell Commonwealth Bank uh, in their in their in their holdings, because look, it has surprised us to the upside uh, this year and last year as well. So I think it's it's absolutely right, Henry's saying a hold across the sector, but I'd just be careful uh, we with that slowing in first half of two thousand and twenty three it is going to get a little bit tough. And so I just need to be a little bit more cautious. I wouldn't be throwing new money, in. I'd be putting orders in around that $92 level. I think that's a great uh, start to be picking up some Commonwealth Bank at, uh, at a lower price from where it is today.
1: All right, good one. Well, let's stay in that space uh, and switch to Macquarie Bank. Alicia wanting to know about this, it is the, the, the giant investment bank. Um, but taking a look at its share price too, it's down around 17% mm. um, this year. Um, to date. But uh, of course, uh, it's um, diversified, Um, Adam, so how
2: are you viewing Macquarie at the moment? I think anything under $180, I'm really comfortable with Macquarie. So it's a buy from me. I think overall Macquarie has lots of levers that they can pull. They do fantastic on their commodity desk. They do fantastically on uh, a lot of their other sort of trading desks. They can make money in up markets as well as down markets. They have the ability to do this. They are also very, very good at what they do. They always come out and uh, temper expectations when they report, but then, uh, sorry, before they report, and then when they report, they always blow it out of the water. I think it might be a little bit tough for the next six months with Macquarie, but it is a fantastically fantastic run bank that uh, everybody should have some Macquarie in their portfolio, so it's a buy from me. All right. Henry.
0: Well, I guess this is one of our uh, high conviction stocks in in our portfolios, I guess, uh, markets today. And we do like Macquarie. Having said that, there are an awful lot of headwinds going against it at the moment. And we've seen that this year, of course. And we don't seem to have had the leverage. These guys are supposed to have, you know, the leverage to the good times and even the good times. We haven't really seen that leverage come through. I know the results are good. And I know they have those diversified income streams. And as Adam says, they can pull the various levers. But, you know, here at home, we have got a highly competitive market these days. You've got the the, uh, the, the sort of the Baron Joey guy on the block now, new kid on the block, Baron Joey, which has taken a lot of the UBS people, which is eating some of their lunch, if not uh, eating all of it, but certainly nibbling away at the cheese and crackers for Macquarie and uh, in the deal space and of course the, the big US banks Goldman's etc still doing that as well and if m and does slip slightly uh, then we could see Macquarie come under a bit of pressure bearing in mind you look at Goldman Sachs What are they firing 8,000 people yeah. um, 8% of their workforce now that's not a massive vote in confidence for the investment bank model Macquarie is, is sometimes called the Goldman Sachs of, uh, of Australia in, in terms of their business model. I know that they've got these annuity businesses but if the market goes down those businesses will go down as well because that's the nature of the beast. They also have pushed into the mortgage market as well quite aggressively. Uh, there's lots of ads of course saying I bank with Macquarie and actually I do bank with Macquarie but um, there's lots of ads out there for that at the moment and they are quite aggressive in the mortgage market. They are taking more market share. I I think, you know, at best, it's a hold, mainly because it's un Australian to put a sell on it. But I do think it's probably going to drift down and I would not be surprised to see it have a 150 mark on it at some stage in the first half of 2023, where it would be particularly good buying, I have to say.
1: Yeah, well, that would make it a screaming buy in Adam's book, I would have thought.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know, Henry, what's the um, composition of the Australian revenue versus international? I would have thought the Australian side would have been quite low to what happened, what they do around the rest of the world.
0: It is quite low, Adam, in, in comparison to the US and Europe. Yeah. Uh, in the old days, it was all Australia, of course, but now the US and Europe very much the, the big generators. But what's happening here is not happening is not in isolation yeah. let's face it yeah. uh, you know if Goldman Sachs are sacking 8,000 people happy Christmas guys you know that that is not something that is a, an optimistic outlook for deals and M&A fund management and those sorts of things globally if Macquarie is playing in the same space as Goldman Sachs which it is I don't know Shamara got uh, CEO of the year this year and they never fail to uh, underpromise and over But I think things are, it's going to be a tougher first half. And I think if Goldman Sachs is is saying, hey, guys, this is going to be tough. And Macquarie has a lot, lot, lot of business in the U.S. and the U.K. and in Europe, you can bet your bottom dollar that things are going to be tough, not just for Goldman's, but they will be tough for JP Morgan and they will be tough for Macquarie. If you're going to be a global player, then you take the global headwinds and you take the global tailwinds. And I think we've got some global tailwinds coming. As I say, I wouldn't be spicing this down towards the 150 level, but there it would be a screaming buy. Uh, This is a great long-term company with a great yield, great management, the smartest guys in the business, but at the moment I think the headwinds are against them. And you could say the same about Goldman Sachs and the headwinds are against them as well.
1: All right, okay, that is Macquarie. Let's get into our next stock. It is Brambles, that company that moves things around, um, pallets, crates, containers and the like. Speaking of Goldman Sachs, in fact, I was looking at uh, their uh, analysis of it. Um, They've got a a sell rating on it. It's currently at 12.14, it's got a price target of 10.75, saying it seems sees a poor medium term cash generation. Um, Henry,
0: do you agree? What are your thoughts on Brambles? Brambles is one of those weird stocks, isn't it? It's one of those stocks that we never really talk about. Um, It never really gets much of a mention in the financial press. It never gets much of a mention by the analysts. It never gets mentioned much in the media. It's kind of a quiet achiever. Pallet pricing, that's an interesting one. They they did uh, knock back going plastic, which Walmart was pushing them to do, which was a, a reason why the stock has rallied. But you would have to think that in a global economic environment which is slowing and things are not being shipped around the world as much as they were, this one will slow. I think this is a a bit of a sell from me at the moment. Uh, Lumber pricing has obviously come off quite considerably which is good for them because they do make uh, their pallets still out of timber so that is a big input cost so that is certainly something to bear in mind and they have got some structural uh, business improvements uh, especially in the US. And uh, they're seeing some uh, asset efficiencies, which uh, have led to lower capex, which is good. But I think just the general business environment around the globe and the fact that they have rallied a little bit uh, on the back of, uh, you know, the the plastic pallet thing. uh, For me, it's just it's a bit of a sell here. I think, you know, back under 11 bucks would be uh, a good place to be putting these on your watch list again. So sell from me.
2: All right. So if you go to Henry's point there, and if yeah. we can pull back that five-year chart on the uh, actual um, screen, you can see that Brambles has pretty much done nothing for five years. It's got a low of sort of 10 bucks, maybe even uh, $9, somewhere around there, and then highs of sort of 12 to $13. But really, it hasn't done much. So up here at $12, $12.20, where, where it is, I agree with Henry. I think it's a sell uh, this thing will come back down to that sort of $10 mark and you could probably play that trading range quite happily uh, for it. Henry's right. The, this brambles, it's, I think it's an ASX top 50, even an ASX top 20. So, you know, we don't yeah. hear a lot mm. about it. Like, mm. it. It just sort of just sits there and continues to move. Now, they do have a, a, an amazing uh, part of the logistics chain. You cannot move goods around without a pallet. And so they are integral in the overall movement of all goods around the world. But, you know, those, those, timber, those timber pallets are caustic. They put lots of treatment into them, you know, and they try and get them returned. But then they, there's the, the, there must be thousands of them, millions of them that disappear every year. <laughs> they have to put them back into place and all those kinds of things. So I think overall, you look at brambles and you think, well, it's not doing much over five years, $12 to $10. You could probably trade it in there but I think it's a sell as well. I generally, when I see it in clients' portfolios, I'll generally move out of it for in favor of something that potentially might move higher. Yeah,
1: it's funny, I was gonna ask you because you know, um, last week when we were doing this, <clears throat> you had your your exciting bucket and yeah. your boring bucket. Yeah. I'm assuming this is in your boring bucket. You, you've not got clients coming to you saying, gee, I'd like to get a bit of a slice of uh, brand. Yeah, you don't, yeah. You don't <laughs> hear that.
2: <laughs> that is just not one thing that I've heard a client ever say in my uh, 20 years of, uh, of broking. But uh, yeah, you're right. It, it, boring is good, yeah, sometimes. And, and, and it does fit that industrial section of the market. So I think it gets bought up because of its, one, it's in the ASX top 50, top 20. Uh, it's in that industrial space. And we don't have a lot of industrial stocks that are really moving. We're obviously resources and banks and those kinds of things. So I think it fits a purpose for an asset allocation of a portfolio. But, you know, looking at that five-year chart, it's done nothing. So sell it at the top and buy it back at 10 bucks. I think you do okay. All right. That's brambles. Let's uh, get back into property.
1: Dexas, and it is one of the largest uh, corporate landlords uh, in the country. Uh, has written down the valuation of its uh, office portfolio, which is not surprising, given particularly where those um, where those uh, yields are going at the moment um, and uh, the property prices themselves. So uh, does own some, some of the the iconic properties around the country. Mm. Uh, Adam, how do you
2: view Texas then? Okay, so taking a step back, the whole sector's been brought down with rising interest rates. So the whole sector's been sold down. I think there's value in the REIT space at the moment. I prefer Goodwin Group is my number one pick in that REIT space, and I think that's an industrial park versus office. So I think there's a, there's, there's a distinction there. But I do think, and, and I was speaking to a couple of fund managers last week, and they thought that Dexis is one of those businesses that has got the most value in it. And you can see over the last year or so that it's down 30, 29 and percent. So they're saying that uh, there is the most value that they've seen out of all of the REITs. Dexas is the one if you're looking for a value trade. Now, obviously, writing down a lot of that office uh, side of things, I agree. Um, that has been tough and it's going to take time for everyone to come back into the office. If not, it'll be a hybrid model and, and does Westpac need three buildings? They probably don't now, they'll probably just need one. So there is going to be some pressure on Dexis going forward. Goodman Group is my number one pick, but I think for a value trade, I'm going to slap a buy on Dexus because I think it does look good down here. And I think potentially second half of next year, you'll start to see those valuations, especially in all of those REITs now starting to take a little bit of a rise. So Goodman Group's actually already rallied a bit. It's gone to 15, gone to 18. So there's there's probably not so much value, but Dex is definitely, uh, they are the premier uh, office REIT specialist, and they have some fantastic buildings around Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane. So I'm gonna say on a value basis, it's a buy. Mm,
1: interesting, Henry.
0: Yeah, apply. Um I've got to say it's hard to get excited about REITs. It's hard to get excited about um, you know the, the big growth in REITs has been on the back of two things which is uh, lower interest rates in fact record low interest rates of course those days are well and truly gone and the other thing of course which has fed into that is the revaluation of their property assets and they've just done uh, a recent revaluation of their property uh, assets, and I love the way they uh, they pay for an I- uh, independent external valuation. So they they're paying for an independent valuation. So there is a certain irony there in that they're paying it's for that valuation, but that goes to the core of most companies. In some respects, uh, they have just decreased their valuation by around 322 million which is about 1.9% on the prior book values to uh, 6 months for uh, to December uh, 31st which of course hasn't come yet but uh, they have revalued their assets down i don't see that trend actually finishing to be honest you know offices although they've got a great portfolio well located quality assets they say performing better than secondary assets well, that's great, but I'm not sure they're still going to perform that well. We may see, I think this one goes sideways. It may be that the RBA does pause. We have seen yields in 10 years push higher recently, and inflation could get entrenched, in which case we could see it higher for longer. So I really can't get excited about this one. I think Adam's probably right in terms of the valuation is maybe a little bit low at the moment, which is why I'd probably have a hold on it. But I think if you're playing the office property recovery, and the valuation recovery market, I think there's probably better ways to go. Dexus is certainly one of the quality reits, uh, and it has got a pretty good yield uh, around 6.6%. So that's pretty good. But a lot of these uh, these yields and these growth do depend on these revaluations. Re- re- so just be a little bit careful. If they start to come off, then yeah. So it is a hold.
1: Mm, okay, that's a buy and a hold for Dexis. Let's move on to West Farmers. The uh, well, it's a retail and industrial conglomerate, and um, it has struggled this year, share price wise. It's down uh, around twenty-one percent. Um, so, Henry, just to get your view once again, given the macro backdrop, and it is dominated, of course, by its businesses such as you know Bunnings, Office Works, or whatever. Um, you could argue that. Um, They're not discretionary. Um, I've I've got to go to Bunnings every week, it seems. Um, Is that good? You've uh, got a problem. problem. I've got a house I've got to maintain. I've got a (laughs) wife I've got to keep
0: happy. (laughs) You have a problem. You you need to get a hobby. You need to get a life. Bunnings every week. God. Jeez. Uh, um, West Farmers. Yeah, it's a bit of a conundrum, this one. I guess. You know to some extent we've always been told that these sorts of businesses are somewhat recession proof low end of the market the office works bunnings a bit recession proof because people if they can't sell their houses or they're trying to sell their houses uh, they at least do the house up they go and buy paint they go and do whatever Uh, they pop along to bunnings try and find a middle-aged bloke in an apron down one of the aisles as they scuttle off like cockroaches but um to be honest it's kind of hard to get excited about this one. It was a great COVID beneficiary from the office works. We all went out and bought technology like there was no tomorrow. Uh, we all sort of, um, you know, we, we scanned it up, we printed up, we did all the things that we needed to do to make our home office. But once you're done, you're kind of done. Um, and I, I think, you know, we're seeing the retail slowdown biting and uh i can't get very excited about this they've, they've got it's such a mishmash of businesses isn't Hang it on, it's no, got it's got it has got it has
1: got lithium what's going on there what's what's going on with this mount holland project
0: well that, that I, th- I think the best said or the less said about lithium at the moment probably the better oh. andrew um my crown has slipped somewhat but um yeah it has got lithium it has got fertilizer it's got chemicals. speciality chemicals it's got office works it's got bunnings it's got a pile of cash, uh, which, uh, you know, who knows what they're going to do with that. But it's it's kind of a, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a strange business now. It um, really lacks a focal point, I think, for investors to get their heads around. And I think that's part of the reasons why it suffered. I think this one's still got downside, to be honest, and I can't get excited about this. It will outperform, uh, sorry, underperform. And I think the, the outlook for consumers in 2023 is going to be belt tightening uh, and maybe even not quite so many visits to Bunnings on the on the on the Saturday and maybe the sausage sizzle is going to suffer as well a little bit there
1: yeah oh, probably be yeah moving to a fortnightly visit rather than weekly i would have thought as we I, I think that would be better for you y- yeah, it, to be yeah, honest yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so but are you holding it
0: uh, I think it's a sale yeah okay all right Oh, he's yeah. gone with the cell.
2: Mm. Uh, okay, so Henry's obviously put a great uh, uh, summary of it. Bunnings is one of the most expensive uh, warehouse um, hardware stores in the world. So, you know, why wouldn't you want to own something that obviously takes a huge margin? In saying that, uh, I, I think the new, ac- uh, the new acquisition of Priceline from yeah. API, I think they're going to do really, really well in that space. They know how to, they know how to put coals together. They know how to do retail. So Bunnings is 50%, 60% of the revenue. So really it is the, the mainstay of what's going to happen with, uh, with that. And Henry's right. If you're not going to sell your house, you're going to put a lick of paint on it. Or if you're selling your house, you're going to need to paint it. The home renovations are still going to be there no matter what. Uh, The economy is going to do to some degree. It is a very discretionary business though office works and all that I do like their chemical side as one of the big uh, performers inside of their business was lithium as well as that uh, Chemical side of things as well So overall I like it. I like it under $50, but I can't disagree with Henry's rationale around that overall there is going to be another six months of hard times and potentially you could get west farmers at a cheaper price so i'm going to say it's a sell also due, i know due to the <laughs> fact that uh overall west Farmers is fantastic business fantastic business but i do feel that it's going to come under pressure in the new year and you will be able to pick it up cheaper so generally i've always been a really you know it's a buy it's a good business uh, at the moment, I haven't put any fresh money in for about three months into the business because it just it is moving sideways and it does mm. look a little bit murky yeah. uh, for that revenue line going forward.
1: Does that to Henry's point? Is it worrying? You perhaps it is a little too diversified at this point.
2: No, I think I think they're they're very good at what they do. They're they're uh, another Soul Pats or they're another Macquarie. Mm. Uh, you know, they they know how to group businesses together. They know how to buy businesses and they know how to spin businesses out. They've done that previously. Uh, we know that they're very good at it. Uh, so no, I don't think that they're too diversified because you know 60% of revenue is is Bunnings. So it is it is very much uh, that that Bunnings story. But there's lots of other these other things. And as as Henry said, they've got a huge war chest. So the dividends are going to be okay. The franking credits are going to be okay in there as well. Yep. Uh, but I think potentially, if you're a trader, you can get that cheaper.
1: <coughs> all right. Okay. So let's uh, summarise our first half of the show, our stocks of the day, interrelated there with uh, nine and domain, nine owning 60% of domain, of course, it's all about advertising and what's going on with the economy at the moment, both uh, a sell from, um, from both essentially, um, just worried about uh, obviously where the, uh, where the economy is going and how that's likely to affect both going forward. Um, our first stock as picked by you was uh, Commonwealth Bank. Uh, Henry has uh, a hold on it. Um, does refer to it as a building society on steroids, but obviously that's uh, given the effect that uh, those rising interest rates are having on the uh, the property market at the moment. And uh, yeah, Adam agreeing, it is the best bank. He's got a, a hold on it there. Macquarie Bank, a buy from Adam. He's saying any price under 180 is uh bites what currently at 101.67 uh henry has a hold on it is a, a high conviction stock in the uh marcus portfolio brambles we've i think we've all agreed it's a bit boring but nothing wrong with that <laughs> nothing wrong with nothing boring. wrong with that um but it, having said that it's a sell from both uh once again uh are we going to move as many things around when the economy's Deteriorating? Probably not. And that's going to affect Brambles. Dexus in uh, property, a buy from Adam. He probably prefers Goodman, but sees good value, a value trade there. And uh, a hold from Henry. And finally, West Farmers, a double sell. All right. Now, of course, we have our own high conviction fund here, which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of that is available for you to watch at osbiz.com. Checking in on the update for this month. Uh, Batcore and Dominoes were removed. Index and Janison Education were added, and Elders was the weighting there was increased. So in terms of the performance, in fact, it's just been slipping. Obviously, as the share market has slipped, which it's uh, currently at uh, up around six and a quarter percent on a cumulative return basis since the beginning of March. So keep sending in your requests. Keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while.
0: Coming up in January, The Call, Superbuy.
2: All your favorite experts, one Superbuy.
1: If an expert really loves a stock, all they have to scream is Superbuy. And
0: it will go straight to the investment committee.
1: All of January,
2: exclusive to The Call. Only on AusBiz.
1: Superbuy might be considering supercell at the same time we no doubt get across that uh let's take a look at the second half of the show we'll be looking at rea group james hardy uh woodside patrolling um, qbe and Stockland. all right so we're back into property we were talking about this before uh adam mm. uh with uh domain obviously and um no surprise that rea has been dragged down although henry would say it's surprised because the market's What's the matter with the market yeah, there should, no, should, should be no surprise this. whatsoever um but uh look it is the digital advertising
2: company um
1: it's all about realestate.com what yeah are
2: your thoughts then well I, same I guess, story well yeah same story but i'm i'm going to stick with it i i think you buy News Corp nws to get access to rea as well as then uh the us assets as well i think that's a better way to diversify the portfolio and get access to that rea hmm. but look overall rea is probably well it has been the leader in the market for um houses and as well as the share price has definitely been the leader it's one of the original tech stocks i guess you could say car sales REA got sort of seek got lumped into that same side of things um, yeah getting uh, getting quite hit today and sort of at that support level of 110 which Looks pretty uh, solid here and if it goes lower, it's gonna go down to sort of post or pre-COVID, post-COVID levels there. So gotta be a little bit careful uh, on what's gonna happen there. So I think overall, I'd be really um, cautious on REA. I think that Henry's absolutely right. We everybody should have seen this. It is no surprise to what's going on, but the way to do it I think is by News Corp. So it's gonna be a hold from me. Um, best of the bunch. You always stick with the quality, but um, yeah, it's it, it just not
0: exciting me at the moment. That's for sure. Yeah, all right, Henry. <laughs> well, I could uh, I could repeat my rant and my tirade from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it wouldn't go on. For it wouldn't good. You. go for it. <laughs> 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 it wouldn't do me any good. I mean, th- th- these guys are the market leader. I, I kind of like Adam's uh, News Corp uh, story. Uh, and his uh, rationale for buying that one. They certainly have been one of the again it's another one of these stocks that nobody ever talks about in the market it's now Amcor, Brambles, News Corp these are these are big blue chip companies that nobody really focuses on we're also you know wrapped up in banks and BHP and Fortescue and Woodside and QBE nobody ever looks at, uh, at these sorts of stocks so News Corp I don't mind but Real Estate REA Group I think is the same as Domain I mean it's better it's better quality but at the end of the day I, I think that the the analyst community has underestimated because they've probably been stuck in an ivory tower somewhere and actually haven't been reading the papers or getting out on the ground but they have underestimated the impact of the slowing property market in terms of added revenue for these guys And it's not going to, you know, January is a month where every real estate in the country, every real estate agent in the country goes on holidays. They go skiing. So that's not going to pick up in January. December's been a write-off. November hasn't been great. January's going to be troublesome. February, good luck. Um, You know, by the time the RBA comes back in February tired and cranky and puts rates up again, I don't think this is going to get any better for them. So I'd be avoiding this one like the proverbial. As Adam says, if you want to play um a slightly more high quality with leverage to any kind of uh sort of uh, upside in this one then news corp is a better way to play it but yep. uh i think rea is an avoid for me at the moment
1: okay no surprise there all right well um not unrelated james hardy even we're talking about property i guess more broadly as far as building is concerned is with the building materials stock and it's uh gee whiz, this year down around uh 50 um, you've also it's uh, heavily given in the states, and we've seen that the slowdown in construction construction activity there. So, of course, the question is: that's on the, in past. What what are we looking forward to next year? Henry, how's James Hardy placed?
0: Um, can I just copy and paste most of my comments from uh, from Domain <laughs> and REA Group because you know realistically uh, the U.S. housing market is in a is in a, just a world of woe and a world of pain at the moment. Uh, we saw the North American House Builders Confidence Index I think last night was at uh, extraordinary lows. Again, mortgage rates have gone up in the States. You know, they're now six and a half, seven percent and that's coming off a little bit. So, you know, that they have gotten as many problems as we have. In fact, probably worse because Jerome Powell looks hell-bent on flying the plane into the mountain. Uh, without any kind of uh, survivors being scattered around at all. So I, I, I can't see any appeal in this one. You'd have to buy this if you thought the US economy was going to have some miraculously pull-up moment at the last minute. But at the, the way things are going and the way the market mood is, I can't see too many reasons to be long this one. It is, it is at lows, and there is obviously a case for buying these sorts of stocks when everyone else hates them. But I think you're probably two or three months too early yet So at best it's a hold, but otherwise it's another stock to avoid because really and truly the U.S. housing market is not going to improve. Yep. Okay.
2: Uh, Yeah, I I agree. Uh, However, I would say that the U.S. market is on a lot of fixed rate mortgages, Mm -hmm. whereas here in Australia we have more variable. So the actual interest rate rises isn't really affecting those fixed rates and they do sort of 30 year fixed rates. However, what it is is it is, um, and they call it portability in the U.S. When someone's got a job in California, but they need to then move to Texas to keep that job or get a new job, the portability is where that the economy starts to slow down because. They get rid of that fixed mortgage in California, but then go and buy a house in uh, Texas, yep. and then their, their mortgage bill goes increasingly higher. Well, and then you've got new home buyers, and, and then they're obviously disappearing. That's so. right. So I think James Hardy is definitely a hold at best. We've got a lot of uh, money in James Hardy. We are looking for that recovery in the US. We are looking for that housing recovery. But I agree, it's going to take three, maybe six months, even longer for that to happen. And that is going to take some time for James Hardy to push through. So yeah, hold for me on uh, James Hardy. Yep. Okay.
1: All right. Moving on to, well, certainly one of the winners uh, this year has been Woodside, uh, given uh, where those energy prices have gone. So Wood- Woodside Energy, uh, in fact, the third quarter, what generated $5.8 billion in revenue, which is up uh, some 70% from the second Uh, And, of course, we saw that uh, merger, too, with uh, BHP's uh, petroleum
2: assets. So, um, Adam, I guess the question is, can it continue? So, if you take a step back, Woodside used to be this, not sleepy, but it used to be definitely uh, oil and gas, but it was very sleepy. It didn't really have a lot of growth levers that it could pull. Didn't really do a lot. Fast forward to now... Obviously with BHP's oil and gas assets, this thing is absolutely done fantastically and is going to be cash flow positive going forward. So this is is a major milestone for Woodside. However, I think it is all baked into the price. It's, It's had a great year. I think Santos is a better play at these levels. I think that would be somewhere where I would be putting money. So I'm neutral to a hold on Woodside. I don't think you want to sell it. The dividends are still going to be quite good next year. And I think overall oil and gas will continue to stay elevated while we still see this uncertainty happening around the world. So I think it's absolutely a hold, but Woodside has done a fantastic job of getting themselves out of this being a sleepy sort of Scarborough, Pluto, uh, first train, two trains now to being a real player in the oil and gas space and and doing quite well out of it. So it's a hold for me on price action alone. Hmm. Yeah, because it's become a real global player, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and, and and rightly so. Deserves it, you know. They they bought a big asset from BHB, mm. uh, and now they got a, it. They and it looks like they're successful in integrating it, and it looks like it's moving forward. So yeah, behold,
0: Henry. Um, <laughs> this one's a hold from me as well, guys. I have to say. Uh, and as you rightly say, it has become a global oil company. And Adam's absolutely spot on, as always, one of the smartest guys in the market, unless you ask him about the Bank of Japan, of course, in which case he struggles a smidge. But, uh, but, you uh, had
2: to um, do it, didn't you, on our last show together for the year. You had to do it.
0: It's it's Christmas. It's Christmas. I can't let you off and having a good time. <laughs> um, so, you know, this one is a quality global oil and gas company. Interestingly, international players now own, uh, well, U.S. investors own 23% of this one. So this has doubled in percentage terms since the BHP oil and gas uh, asset acquisition. So it really has put it on the big stage. And for many years, I've got to say, Peter Coleman, who ran this as the CEO, uh, was somewhat pedestrian in his ambitions. And it was a production company that just kind of ticked the boxes and didn't do an awful lot you know over three years it was up 8% but in the last year it's up 63% odd percent. so it has had an absolute cracking year of course uh, events in Ukraine have certainly helped and they are shipping now LNG at nice big fat profit margins to uh, to Europe so I don't mind this one at all um, it's got a great yield it's got good management it's ambitious it's got these good quality assets now the thing that worries me I guess is that the US investors can be a fickle bunch and uh, the tw- fact they've got 23% now uh, could easily turn into 15% or 12% in six months' time if they decide they don't like it. So that, that is a concern, and it has run quite hard. So it's a hold, and I think Adam's right, maybe there's better value elsewhere in the oil and gas sector. Maybe Santos, which hasn't really had the same kind of uh, blip higher this year or, or become a global player. So uh, may- maybe that one deserves a little bit of um, a little bit of pick up. Maybe if you were doing a pairs trade, you'd buy Santos and you'd just sell Woodside. So mm. it's it's a hold uh, global player now, but the global market can be quite fickle. And of course, you are. I don't say hoping hoping is not the right word, is it? But uh, you are going to benefit from the continued uh, strife in Europe. Yep.
1: All right. Should note, it's not Woodside petroleum anymore, of course, it is Woodside. Energy, okay. Let's uh, try and insure, shall we? QBE and yeah, challenging operating conditions. Certainly, <laughs> that's what uh, QBE has had to say. Given its catastrophe claims, they've exceeded annual allowance by about one hundred million. Uh, that's because, it, of course, we had those um, those rain that uh, inundated the east coast of uh, Australia on many occasions. Uh, also affected by Hurricane Ian in uh, in the US at the same time Um, and it's one of those businesses of course impossible to predict uh, given it's all a lot of that's dependent on nature herself. Henry, um, what do you think of insurers at this point given what I've just said but specifically obviously QBE?
0: Well Andrew the one thing it's not impossible to predict is the insurance premiums will go up. That is something that is not impossible to predict. That is a dead set certainty. And this is, I guess, one of the attractions of QBE is they are pushing up premiums. They are pushing up uh, their rates. Uh, Clearly, you know, they are subservient to some extent to catastrophes. And we've seen that problem, not just for QBE, but IAG, of course, and Suncorp too, here with floods, fires and what have you. So that is an issue. But QBE really benefits from higher rates, higher bond yields, because that's the money they put in the bank to be able to pay out for those rainy or fiery days so I think at the moment given they have got pricing power uh, given the way rates are being pushed higher uh, this one is, is probably a hold for me it's had a pretty good run and QBE does have a history of um, shall we say surprising to the downside but the, the gross written premium uh, is, is getting better uh, and I think generally you know we, we've had a, a whole bunch of catastrophes are we gonna have another one in a hundred year flood or a one in a hundred year fire season, I don't know. But certainly uh, when it does happen, people have their minds focused on insurance and QBE has their minds focused on higher insurance premiums, which I think is good, good for them and good in terms of those interest rates going up with bond yields. So uh, it's a hold, if it came back a little bit, you'd probably look to just accumulate it, but at the moment here it is a hold.
1: Yep, okay. Yeah, it's interesting, like, you know, Henry talks about those one in 100 year events, which I think are now essentially one in 10 year or one in
2: one year events, uh, given what's been going on recently. So no matter if you believe in climate change or you don't believe in climate change, one thing we can all agree on is the frequency of these events are getting quicker. Mm. There, There is more of them. One in 10 years, one in one year a lot of them are happening and what happens with also with QBE is that it's not just an insurance company here in Australia but they do a lot of reinsurance around the world and that reinsurance book is under some a lot of pressure again because they reinsure another um, uh, a Canadian or American or South American uh, insurance business so all of that reinsurance, then, and as you said, you said claims were up by a hundred million. Was that was that the quote that you said? You said yeah, it was uh, another hundred. Yeah, catastrophe claims, catastrophe claims exceeded by, by hundred million. Yeah. So they yeah. always, uh, let's say, they always put two hundred million aside per disaster. Yeah. Right. But then you know they expect, and there's many more intelligent people in, in, than me in rooms predicting what is going to happen. So they have. A provision of X amount of dollars but then they didn't provide enough and hence they're having to dip in there. Henry is absolutely right that the, as interest rates move higher and that's why this stock has moved I don't think on premium uh, risings it is all about that interest rate and how much money they're making out of that uh, extra money or that, that that sitting in the reserves and, and, and continuing as interest rates rise they make more money. So for me I'm gonna say up here it's a sell I think that that overall that they are a perennial disappointer to the market. It does look toppy up here at $13. There has been a lot of fund managers that I've spoken to that have been buying this story. They really like it. But again, I'm not gonna get burnt on this one. I've tried a couple of times and always gotten burnt. But you look at that, they're in sort of of blue sky territory here at $13. I'd be cautious. I'd be taking some profits if you have it and uh, wait for reporting season, because you'll find out that it'll go lower from there.
1: Yeah, I reckon they'll be paying a premium on
2: actuaries at the moment. Yeah, I, mean, that's
1: I agree. A, speaking of room for them, yeah, just trying to get these things right. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's QBE. Let's round it out with, we're sort of back in the property sector now with Stockland. It is the residential uh, land uh, lease developer, retail, logistics, uh, office, property manager, um, adam yes yeah once again it well okay so we're talking about where property is going at the moment but you've also got the immigration question at the moment too yeah um the you know the government committing to building a million new homes um and that immigration (coughs) rate trying to make up for that Yep. Absence we've had in the last couple of years. I think,
2: I think yeah, and, and Stockland does have a lot of land bank that they can release. So that is probably the only jewel in the crown that I think Stockland has is that they have the ability to make those homes or build those homes for um, uh, people to come into Australia. Overall, Stockland uh, for me is a hold. I think, again, I think Dexas is better value, but it's in a different space. I don't mind Stockland's regional shopping center strategy. I think that that sort of works quite well. Uh, But overall, I think, yeah, looking at that price, it's probably run up and and, and, and looking for a bit of a a fall. Um, Yeah, I think it's a hold. There's nothing in there that really excites me or I can't see the value in the stock at the moment. So hold it if you've got it, but um, just be careful because I think yeah, it could fall away from here.
1: Yep, okay. Henry, you laughed when I said the government wants to build a million homes.
0: Well, they're not going to. Where are they going to build them, Andrew? Let's face it. I mean, that that is an absolute. um, There's no way in the world it may be over 10 years, but I don't know. The government can't build anything. They're pretty hopeless (laughs) at building most things. Let's face it. doesn't matter what colour government it is. They're, they're not the greatest builders in the world, are they? It's better to leave it to private enterprises we've seen with, you know, the likes of Transurban, they build roads, uh, and the government, um, you know, just takes the royalties, effectively. Gee, you're having a um, crack now, today,
1: Henry, it's like the government can't get it right, the market can't get it right. Who's actually winning?
0: Well, I, well I'm not sure Stockland is winning, uh, to be honest. Uh, to, to me, this is... Uh, This is probably not for me. It's had a really, really good run. I have to say for a property trust or for a REIT's having a bit of a comeback now. It's got a good yield and they are pushing into logistics, uh, which does carry some risks, of course. And if you wanted to play the logistics space, why not just go with Goodman Group without having the residential side of Stockland? So uh, I think this for me at best is a hold. It's probably if it popped back up a little bit higher again, back up towards the 282 level, I'd probably be looking to sell it. These, the, you know REITs are supposed to be a uh, pretty kind of non-volatile distributions pretty steady not too ambitious and uh, they've become a bit turbocharged during the uh, the days of record low interest rates you know that that could change uh, quite significantly but they're pushing into logistics they've got big investment plans for logistics which does give them that growth if they can get it right but to be honest you know, Goodman Group's already doing that very, very well. So um, I prefer to buy Goodman Group than this one, no residential property exposure. Good yield, it's probably a hold, but if it popped up another 10, 12 cents, I'd probably sell it and look to buy it back at 250.
1: All right, good one. Let's sum up where we've been for the second half of the show. REA Group, um, back to where we began with uh, Domain, essentially, it was a hold from uh, Adam saying If you want that sort of exposure, maybe try via News Corp. Uh, Henry saying well, it's pretty much a, a void at the moment given what's going on in property at the moment and the, the likely outlook. Um, James Hardy similarly given uh, its exposure in property, a, but it is a, a hold from both, although actually Henry's more of an avoid essentially, a hold at best he's saying. Woodside Energy, um, a hold from uh, Adam, although he does prefer uh, Santos, a, a hold also from Henry. QB in insurance, a hold from Henry, a sell from uh, from Adam. Uh, he's saying it's a perennial disappointment. And finally, there's Stockland, a hold from both. All right, that is uh, this episode of the Big Cap Special, second edition. Uh, of course, any stocks you'd like us to cover, flick us an email at the call at auspice.com. We can tweet us at Ausbiz TV. Welcome, I mean, no, I should welcome, uh, farewell to Thank our you. our guests on this show. Adam, thanks for joining us from Shores. Great to be here. And if I don't see you before Christmas, are you coming back this week? No. No, have a great Christmas. Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy your
0: break. Yes. You're wanting one, so yes, I hope it goes definitely. well. And
1: Henry, likewise, thanks for joining us from Marcus today. If don't see you beforehand, have a great Chrissy.
0: And you guys, thanks very
1: much for having me on. All right, see you, mate. Uh, coming up next on the small caps, Steve Johnson from Forager Funds tells us his buys for 2023. Stay with us.